0: Well, welcome back to the Why I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinson, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDiv, soon-to-be demon. How are you doing today, sir? Man, you know I'm doing good. Great. Yeah. Today, we are continuing our discussion about purity culture, (laughs) because we didn't talk enough about masturbation and sex, and when the right time to do it, and for how long to do it, and where to do it. Last time, long enough. So, we're doing another... episode about that. <laughs> um Patreon $5, uh like, subscribe, share, comment, download. You can find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at when I heard this podcast and on X previously known as Twitter and Locals at when I heard this, tell your friends about the the episode. We talked about last week how purity culture is wrong mm-hmm. and there is the real way to do Christian sex stuff so okay <laughs> what is the if i w- okay so i'm i'm i guess we'll start it when you know hair starts growing all right to marriage okay if i'm gonna do this the right way right way yeah okay how would you suggest i get through that period of time okay so not say, say not I get, the
1: purity culture way
0: right not the purity culture okay. way but say i'm I'm supposed to do this the right way, all right. How do I get through it? Say I get married at twenty five okay, what do I do?
1: okay, man, that's a big question. oh, um, and
0: say I'm like super attractive, okay, right? Let's right. throw that in there. throw that in there because right. that'll make things more difficult.
1: <laughs> all right, you know what I mean? I got to you. get through. I got you yeah, all right, so all right, so. I am going to answer the question, but I understand I'm answering the question in a pretty generic way. Okay, because it really will look different for a lot of people based upon their own convictions. Because okay. there will be some that just have a conviction of I'm not going to date, or dating is going to look like X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of convictions at play here. Um, I just know that it, thankfully, it would not look like shame and kind of the ridiculousness of the purity culture. Mm-hmm. Um all right. So I'm getting
0: the sex talk. What is that talk?
1: All right, see so at 13. Okay, so at 13 or whenever right. you're supposed to get that. Right. Yeah. So let's say you're a fifth grader, sixth grader, yeah. all right? All right. And so hopefully you're having that hopefully that conversation's happening on a couple of different fronts. Okay. One with your parents and also one in the if you're if because you're talking about If you're growing up in the church, right? Right. That's the context of this. And so if you're growing up in the church, hopefully that's already starting to be talked about within the church as well. Okay. And so you're hearing it on kind of two fronts. And that, to me, allows for much more open conversation, right? As a parent, I fully get the fact that I'm going to talk to my child, and I have done this with, with my kids. And... To talk with them about, all right, you know, here's an understanding of sex, of sexuality, what's going on in your body, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, right? Here's what an erection is. Here's what it means to ejaculate because I don't want my kids wondering what in the world's going on. Mm -hmm. And so you're talking about those things and, and that's good for the child to hear about they were created to have sexual desires and they were... That the, where they are in their lifespan as they're beginning to go through puberty. Mm. There's hormones racing through them. So there's sexual attraction and sexual urges and those kind of things. So all of that's happening. But at the same time, in the, and I think it's good and healthy for that to also happen in the church setting because my child is probably going to feel more comfortable talking about some things with a peer or with a youth leader than, the, than dad
0: you want other adults talking to your children about sex
1: if i trust them okay yeah so like one of the youth leaders has been in our youth for or helping with our youth for a while or, or actually a couple of them i would fully trust them to talk to okay. my kids um i think it's actually beneficial when that's happening because okay. you have you have the similar message coming from a few different parties and plus the child may feel a little more comfortable being open about some things with a youth leader as opposed to mom or dad. Okay. So I think, so I think the conversations, yeah, happening at that point.
0: Okay. So now they know all the correct things. Okay. But you also have to tell them,
1: I mean, are we talking about like, are we talking about like in regards to not having sex and that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, then I'm just I'm explaining to them why we wait until marriage to have sex. OK. And then am I going to get into masturbation as well? Sure. And so this is why we don't need to masturbate. OK. When it's connected to thoughts of lust. All right. And so. So, yeah, that conversation's happening now. For for me, and this is where convictions are going to differ. Right. A little bit for me my 13 year olds not going to be dating at that point
0: because you don't want them
1: to, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think at that point it's healthy for dating to occur at 13, at 14 years old um, as you know, as middle school kids. And so for me dating in a healthy doesn't happen probably toward, until probably the end of high school, mm-hmm. going into college, when there actually can be... St- and I'm not saying that all dating has to... Le- excuse me. That all dating has to lead to marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not actually saying that at all. But I don't know the benefits of dating at that young of an age is all I'm saying.
0: So how do you tell them not to lust while masturbating? How do you explain that process?
1: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> no good question so for me it would be like okay so at that at that age physiologically there's going to be points where there just needs to be a release Mm -hmm. and it won't take anything no thought anything okay other than just some physical movements that's it Mm. and you're going to experience orgasm and so i think that That can be so, it sounds so biological or so like disconnected from anything else. And it is, it's just a simple biological, physiological reaction.
0: And you think there's nothing wrong with doing that.
1: Correct. Okay. Now, so I'm glad you asked the question because I understand that there are going to be some people that are going to say, well, but doesn't the Bible say that masturbation is wrong? Mm -hmm. Doesn't it say that it's a sin?
0: Purity culture people would say that.
1: Sure. So, uh, what's interesting is masturbation is actually not discussed in Scripture. Never, never. And so, uh, there's a couple of different instances. So nobody in
0: Scripture masturbated.
1: No. Well, let me read it, and mm-hmm. and I'll take. The, let me give you a couple of passages, and we'll get the closest we can to it. Okay. But what I want to say too, though, it's not like the word masturbation was. Um, not created yet. So it wasn't like they were without that term because we know in ancient Near Eastern literature that is happening pretty simultaneously to the passage I'm going to be reading that masturbation is already being discussed in those cultures. Okay, So it's not like they were without that word. So they were confused too. (laughs) So let me, let me give, (laughs) let me read the passage that's most often read in context. Or in connection to masturbation.
0: Leviticus, right?
1: Well, there is a passage in Leviticus. (laughs) It's always Leviticus. But this one actually is from Genesis. Okay. And I think this one actually is more commonly read. So in Judah, I'm sorry, in Genesis 38, verse 6, Judah got a wife from Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. Now Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. Then Judah. That was quick. (laughs) (laughs) Then Judah said to Onan, sleep with your brother's wife, perform your duty as her brother in law, and produce offspring for your brother. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds very odd to us, okay? Mm -hmm. But in this culture, in this day and time, it was expected that the younger brother, who more often than not would not be married himself, would marry. The his brother's who has passed away wives, mm-hmm. so that that so that his name and would continue on. Okay, so the first child that they would have together would actually be considered. So, for example, in this case, um, Ur, er, it'd be considered Ur's son, not Onan's son. Okay,
0: so if the if the wife wasn't having a good time with the husband, it'd be like, let's see how your younger brother. Was gonna do it this and go <laughs> k- kill her husband. <laughs> I, I mean, you should you should you, you should, should marry a guy with several younger brothers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, well, part of it actually is the fact that well, and we'll see in a story here that that there actually is like there's times where it continues on, but in this particular one, but Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. Okay, so because exa- mm-hmm. it would be actually is dead brother's offspring; okay. it'd be because they're his that child. Okay, okay? would be hers. So whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he released his semen on the ground, so that he would not produce offspring for his brother.
0: That's called pulling out.
1: It is. It's actually early form of birth control, right? But it's so what's what's what they use here is the idea of semen being released on the ground. Okay. And they equate that to what happens when we ejaculate during masturbation. Okay. Okay. Now, I would say there's not a correlation between those two. It doesn't sound like there's a correlation. No, but I'm telling you, this passage is used all the time. Yeah, because here's, here's what follows up. Here's okay. what it follows up with. It says, he released his semen on the ground so that he would not produce offspring for his brother. What he did was evil in the sight of the Lord, so he put him to death also. Oh, but what was evil
0: was not having children.
1: Bingo. Okay. It was not the idea of releasing his semen on the ground. Right. So going I you were
0: to say it like a demon sprouted yeah, out of
1: grounders. Yeah. No. <laughs> In Leviticus, there is a passage that speaks about the re- same thing, releasing semen on the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the idea, or of of um, yeah, releasing semen. But and then it's considered unclean, okay. But we understand that in the in the it's
0: because people got to walk there,
1: right? And it's and it's the (laughs) well, the idea was that the person would be unclean, okay, because that they ejaculated, or if you wanted to say masturbated, masturbated. But the reality is they're unclean, yes, in a in the in the ceremonial purity sense. Of, of what I mean by that is so for example, if even if a husband and wife have sex, they're considered unclean ceremonially until they go and and bathe themselves. Oh. Okay. So it's not like a it's not sin versus not sin. Does that make sense? Right. Like so when it says clean versus unclean, it's not equating sin and not sin.
0: So that's why we do it in the shower.
1: I mean, you can. So you can you can be clean right afterwards, I mean, be, yeah. Right, you're there, done, you're there, mm-hmm. right? And so, for ceremony for, complete or <laughs> <we're> ceremonially pure, <laughs> but that's what so in Leviticus, when it talks about in that context, there, that's specifically what it's talking about. It's saying it's not saying it's sinful, mm-hmm. okay, to masturbate, it's saying because it, that's the closest one we got. It, what it's saying is it's not that it's sinful, but the, rather that you're ceremonial unclean, but again a husband and wife having sex is now they would be considered ceremonial unclean until the evening until they went and bathed 17 year olds dating dating. Okay. Dating. Okay.
0: How do you tell, what do you, what do you tell them to do? Okay. To not have sex. That isn't purity culture stuff. Okay.
1: Well, I guess for me, it's, Again, you've talked about the things that are – so the child already knows, let's say, biblically or theologically, right, what is what is expected in regards to sex and sexuality. We've had this discussion. So now you're talking about the practicality of it, right, Right. at 17 years old. I mean, here's the reality. I don't know what else to hardly say than this, is that if if you're alone with someone you're dating –
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and there's a good chance, and I don't want to say even a good chance, but the chance is there mm-hmm. for you to have sex. Mm-hmm. If you're alone in a private space, mm-hmm. right? And so I don't agree with the idea of not dating, okay? Like, so here, let me phrase that. Because what I'm going to say is, I think dating has to be understood in different terms than just, those two going out on a date by themselves together. Okay. Okay. I think it now, I don't mind the two of them going out on a date by themselves, but they need to go to a public space. Okay. Right. You're probably not going to have sex in the middle of Starbucks. But if you're alone in one of your bedrooms, right. Chances are much greater. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. I think it's, I think you have to know like who you're around and be aware of the space and all that kind of, like, I think that matters. Okay. From, like you said, at 17 on up, I think it matters. I like, it's. <laughs> but,
0: but what about the, the want to? Sure. What do I do about the want to? Like, both of us want to be alone and do that.
1: Yeah. So, But you. how do
0: you tell them to deal with that?
1: You tell them to simply not be alone. Because it's not about the want to, right? Just because I want to do something doesn't make it right. Just because so I want to do something doesn't mean I should. Just because so I want to do something doesn't mean it's the best thing for me.
0: Okay. So, I mean, yeah.
1: So, so I can't, <laughs> right? I mean, so, you know, I, I, that's not a good argument for me. Okay. I would say, and I would understand it. Like, I'm not denying the fact.
0: But I'm talking about not just like, in my head, I'm wanting to do this, but right like my whole being is wanting to do this.: Sure, and so is the other person's: so, right so so
1: that's why you can't be alone. So
0: fight body because that's hard yeah
1: <laughs> it, it is, but it's, difficult. Not, it's, difficult, but it's, it's not difficult it's difficult, it's not difficult, but it's not impossible.:
0: I mean, you're right, yeah, but you saying you saying it in that con in that way, okay like well, it's not impossible. Yeah. It's like acknowledging that it's improbable.
1: No, I mean like my, okay, okay, like it's not it, no, it's not impossible. So let me make sure I stated it. Guess a better way, okay. a phrase in a better way. It is not impossible to date someone and not have sex with them.
0: Okay, so what if my response to you was it feels like the people that make it, uh huh, b- didn't have as strong of sex drives as other people. <laughs>
1: They're crazy. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, no, that's just not true. Okay. <laughs> it's just not true. And I know, believe me, I know from the outside in, it sounds like, I. It's, it probably sounds like I'm talking crazy.
0: I I don't think I'm from the, the outside in as much as I could be. Okay. Because I'm not like saying you have to have sex before you right. get married in order to, like, Right. I'm not even trying to come at it from that perspective. Sure. Okay. Like, I'm just trying to be, like, physiologically realistic sure. about what's happening sure. at 17 years old.
1: Sure. Yeah. That's that's, that's, that's as
0: far outside as I'm like, trying to come, no, I understand. come at this. Frame.
1: I understand. And 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 so do do I think that... But, but still, at the same time, you don't have to have sex. Like, sex doesn't have to be part of that equation.
0: Okay, so... How far is impure then?
1: Okay. So now we're going to ask the question of how far is too far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, we were
0: coming here at some point, right?
1: Yeah. So, and it's the question that- I did it again. uh, (laughs) It's the question that everyone asks. Right. How far is too far? Right. And again, this is going to be based- Different people are going to have different convictions on this. Okay. Okay? Some people are going to tell you, don't even hold her hand. Okay? Some people are going to say- don't kiss. All right. And so, and so that's like, so you're gonna to have these to kind of lines in different places for mm-hmm. different people. All right. Another is going to say your hands don't need to be roaming. Okay. Okay. okay? okay. And so th- I think it kind of keeps walking, but to me, I think probably the line we can, that I think most individuals would agree to is it doesn't need to go beyond kissing
0: kissing where
1: yeah (laughs) so let's just say lips (laughs) okay yeah
0: okay so that's what you did that
1: did i do that yeah (laughs) i handled it differently in different relationships
0: i know but with wife now
1: with wife now you went no okay no we went over that line okay
0: yeah so that's what you would say to your children?
1: Yeah, that's what I'd say to my children. Just kiss. Correct.
0: Okay, so what if I were to attack this from the farther (laughs) place and say you have to have sex in order to figure out if you like having sex with them before you get married?
1: Then I would say you have a really shallow view of marriage.
0: Okay, well what's the not shallow view of marriage? Well,
1: because you've made marriage all about if I like sex with that person or not. And I think that's a I think that's a real shallow way of looking at any kind of relationship, whether it's dating, whether it's whatever. If I'm gauging it just upon sex i mean that's a that is a very small sliver of what a relationship is, and so I mean I think a relationship is so beyond just the act of sex right It's about the fact that I'm communicating with an individual. The, about the fact that I enjoy spending time with that in, individual, we get along, mm-hmm. that we're able to have, you know, intellectually stimulating conversation, that we're able to have conversations where we just laugh and cut up. We're just, you know, like we just in, literally just enjoy being with each other. And so I don't think, I think if, I guess what I'm saying is if those things are in place, like if I love being with someone, if I enjoy being with someone, if I'm comfortable with someone, then this, the To me, the physical aspect of it is probably going to take care of itself. Now, if it doesn't, okay, and there's, let's say one of you has a hang up in, in one direction or the other, uh, or just is having a hard time with the sexual component, and, and there can be all kind of variables of why that's the case. Mm-hmm. Then you go and you, and you talk with a counselor and you help walk through that. And so, but I just think that marriage again is so much more than just about, do we, is it, do we just have, do we have good sex? Like that's no, that's, that's not the point of marriage. And so okay. it's so much richer and deeper than that. And as a believer, for me, part of that component obviously is that I'm following Jesus with somebody. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand if you're not a believer, that sounds really cliche, but for me and my wife in particular, that's a that's a huge component of this mm. that we we really believe that we are on this journey together, following Jesus together. And so that makes a that's a huge component of our marriage. And at the same time, I think you can now that sex has to be written out of the equation. Right. That's what I said. If there's struggles in this in, in sex, then go talk to someone. Because mm-hmm. I do think sex was given to enjoy and to be pleasurable. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I just don't think that I've got to go sleep around or to test mm-hmm. the waters, if you were, of am I sexually compatible with this individual? Mm-hmm. I don't think that has to be part of the process.
0: I didn't come at this conversation from that angle. Cause I think that's BS also
1: sex has become such a major topic. Yeah. Right. And it's where it's where so many things have been so pushed toward a sexualized version of everything mm-hmm. and that re- whether it's relationships or whatever. And, and I just don't think in our culture, that's over sexualized so much. There has got to be a, that's what I'm saying. There's gotta be a bigger picture. Of what it looks like to be in a relationship with someone, other than just sex.
0: So we kind of talked about how women and girls, uh huh, were affected by purity culture more. Yeah. So no question. Y- you've probably talked to more of them and I, than I have being mm-hmm. a church counselor. Sure. So go.
1: <laughs> okay. In other <laughs> words, like, what's their what's the yeah the experience what, or their takeaway yeah, or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, so let me kind of just summarize, because I think it's kind of picking up from the last episode, but just real quick. Yeah. In the purity culture, it it was really aimed at the girls because the assumption was that boys have all these sexual desires. Girls don't really have these sexual desires as much, and the boys couldn't control theirs. Right. But the girls can control theirs. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the girls were basically put in this position of having to protect both themselves Mm -hmm. and the boy from sex and so girls had to dress modestly they had to be careful how they flirted
0: and that would be against christian hierarchy in in relationships between men and women correct
1: yeah absolutely like
0: where where it's on the woman to be the protector
1: yeah that's 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 like yeah roles are flipped in that yeah okay yeah because in, in in christianity you would one you would have to give the onus on the on boys you can control yourself too mm. like let's just call it for what it is yes you've got hormones raging through you but if you know that if you know the lord the holy spirit's there you can have self-control mm-hmm. um but there's also the sense of and this is a big um a, a big important piece for christianity is honoring one another okay and there is a there has to be a sense of honoring one another that I can't just expect the girl to be like this again, the one who's having to protect both the boy and her self from having sex. Like the, the boy should honor the girl enough to want to abide by, um, a Christian sexual ethic Mm. to honor her. Um, and so, and, and I think by just telling the girl that it's all on them, we've stripped the, the boys of their responsibility to honor. And then as you talked about a second ago, but also to protect. Mm. And so that there is a sense of men, you're, you're created to protect. And so you need to protect her in this vein as well. Okay. Um, And so, you know, so they had to always be the one to say no to sexual advances. Um, And then if, so then, but what it left it with was if they did have sex, then it was the girl's fault. Right. Because she didn't. So she s-
0: ruined it for not just herself, but for somebody for, else. Right. Okay. And, and
1: that's just, what a terrible, and even if that was never in, like explicitly stated, mm-hmm. that is the outcome, right? Right. Like if you're told you have to say no, mm-hmm. you have to protect yourself and him, right? You have to be the one to steer them away f- from sex. But then when you have sex, so then who does that fall on? It falls back on you. The girl, and so, um, and that's in- insanely. Um, uh, i do not know? I want to say to that. I mean, it's just not. I mean, it's beyond not fair. It's just not right. right. Um, and then, if she becomes pregnant, it's even worse for her because right. now she she may be ostracized at church, while the boy basically is excused from it because, like, well. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. I mean, he has urges. What's he supposed to do? Right? right. And I, and you let him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I have, I mean, I've been in situations where girls were basically told you whore. Mm-hmm. How did you let this happen? You know,
0: like what are we? And then the dudes on to the next one.
1: Right. And, yeah. And we're like, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, And so, and for like at church, you've heard that. Oh yeah. Like in counseling, like in counseling, girls will share, Hey, this is what I was told, you know? Um, and, and we find my wife and I do a lot of counseling, especially with couples about to get married. And Mm -hmm. so we, but, but beyond that as well, but especially in couples who are about to get married and when my wife is, is meeting and, and discussing sex with the with the young lady there's so much that's brought up from this purity culture there's so much the idea of sex being wrong and sex being bad and it's like when we start talking about sex as a as a holy act Mm -hmm. that's like mind-blowing for most people for both the male and the female when we start talking about sex as a gift from god never thought about it that way and so it's having to almost like rewire the brain a little bit and because it's, it's interesting because what you can run into is they may both be excited about it and, but especially with a female feel shame Mm -hmm. after it happens or tensing up as they're having sex because again, the brain was wired for so long to to, sex is bad Mm -hmm. sex is wrong. Sex is sinful. And yes, we don't want sex. We would want to encourage our kids to not have sex outside of the bonds of marriage, but we don't want to teach them that sex in and of itself is an unholy act.
0: Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's
1: holy in the, in the confines of, or in the, in the, in the sacred, you know, covenant of marriage. And so I think that's, we see a lot of that with the young girls about working through basically from what they were taught to now to all right let's 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 let you experience some freedom let's let you mm-hmm. begin to see sex differently um and then you know so that's that's a large part that we see in in our counseling with young ladies
0: so if if it's on girls to say no all the time then aren't they saying no all the time yeah so a lot of them are so doesn't all sex feel like I'm not doing what I want to do. What do you mean? At some point, how, how does getting married, like how is, how does getting married supposed to flip that switch? Right. To where this is okay now. Cause that makes sense why
1: people are having so much problems with yeah, it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's because you really are asking them to flip a switch magically overnight. Right. And for literally, s- literally. And some of them can do that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that can't. And, I think the ones who can are the ones even if they went through purity culture they had someone in their life some female mentor a mom somebody spoken in their lives and helped them get a better view of sex. Mm. And and so but the for those that don't have someone like that actually the wedding night in it, in it itself you know can can be scary. Right. And and so uh, yeah, it's not uncommon for us to, to come across that either. So, yeah, what you said is absolutely right. Another part, another problem that comes out of this, mm-hmm. right, is if if girls are taught that boys are going to be the ones to be the aggressors, to want to have sex, and they're always being told to say, no, 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 mm-hmm. what it actually encourages is abuse and sexual abuse.
0: From from. It encourages the the male abuse, yeah, from well, both peoples. I think sides, what right? I think
1: what it does, yeah, for the male, it lets them off the hook, and so it says, yeah, push for it, right? Okay, but for the but I think more in particular for the female, what it's doing is that it's framing it as when I'm being pushed or pressured into having sex, that's normal. Okay when reality is that's not like you shouldn't your your existence in a relationship shouldn't be a constant having to say no to somebody mm-hmm. because they're trying to force themselves on you. I mean that's that's horrible, right? I mean, you know, if So you're saying it's just
0: normalizing the it's normalizing the saying no behavior.
1: Correct. Okay. And it also is taking away what that no means. Right? Right. Because if we're told, like, in, in kind of modern-day society, you're told, hey, if you don't want to engage in an act of sex, say no. Mm-hmm. And if you say no and the person keeps persisting and sex happens, we call that rape. Mm-hmm. In this culture... Purity culture. Purity culture. You're you're told keep saying no, keep saying no, keep saying no. And I think there's a lot of girls who finally cave in after a period of time, and it might as well be rape, because right. the boys are not told to to honor that. No, right. And so it's it's horribly painful for some of those girls who have gone through this, and they've really wanted to be able to stay faithful be virgins when they get married and, and they just are just being pressured all the time. And someone's not telling them, Hey, if you're being pressured all the time, this guy's not the, he's, he is actually not looking out for you in your best interest. He actually is not the one you want to marry. But the
0: boys are being told that they're off the hook if they do it. Yeah. The purity culture.
1: Yeah. A lo- Cause a lot of times it's just not even addressed. That's the problem. That's what I was saying earlier. One of the problems with purity culture is there's not enough healthy conversation happening. Okay. And I think it plays itself out right here. Because there's nothing in purity culture that's telling boys, go push yourself on someone. Definitely not saying go rape somebody. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's also not telling them how to handle that situation between them and the female.
0: What situation?
1: When they're right at the point of ha- wanting to, you know, sex, when they're pushing for sex, we'll put it that way.
0: So it's not teaching the boys to say, I'm not going to do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's just not giving and it's not teaching the boys. Hey, when you get to that point, you know, you need to honor her. Right. 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 And whether she's saying, you know, if she's saying no, you definitely got to honor that. Right. And so it's just, a, I think that's part of the, but again, the lack of the conversation. That's there's just not enough conversation in purity culture. There's a lot of teaching and a lot of lectures. There's not enough conversation and discussion.
0: Okay, so it kind of seems like <laughs> I say how awkward and weird Christians are a lot of the time.
1: <laughs> you do see yeah. this.
0: This is the type of stuff that makes Christians so awkward. Mm-hmm. Like this culture turned out like produced a lot of really awkward sure did teenagers yep who don't know how to relate to other people right especially of the opposite sex exactly because apparently all they're thinking about is sex and how much they can't have it
1: right right and they're thinking and they and, and and basically like they would stay away from them right yeah
0: right why do why do all these cult things always have like the alt, alt, the exact opposite effect of what they're doing, of what they're trying to do? Yeah, Why is that always the case?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, we saw it in legalism, we saw it yeah. in hypergrace, we, you know, it's it just anytime you get to these extremes because you can't
0: like, and, it, and the reason I'm saying that is because you're making these people like, <laughs> like so undateable that it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's
1: like like you, you're, well, and and yeah, I, they're not going to uh, like, right. Well, it, it, they are. Yeah. And a large, a large reason of that is they're told you can't date. Right. Right. They, I think you're hitting on something when, when the, when the opposite sex relationships are only viewed through the lens of sex and sexuality. Right. I mean, you've, you've completely destroyed the ability for the opposite sex to actually be able to have healthy conversations and healthy relationships with each other. Yeah. I mean, and I think, and that was one of the things that I addressed in that little conference I did was, was you, we, you had to talk about relationships. You had to talk about how do I actually have a healthy relationship with someone from the opposite sex? Cause like, wouldn't this make
0: young girls feel like that's all older men? we're looking at them as too like people who they weren't even
1: interested in sure you know like right yeah Yeah. i mean i think that can be the case okay yeah because you know i think that i think there's probably this sense of like and (laughs) like
0: if these christian boys are this horny then think about all those other dudes out there like
1: absolutely absolutely right yeah like it just (laughs) stay absolutely 100 miles away from them right yeah uh, no, absolutely, I, and I do think that's part of the problem, right? We're we're because we're, we've created this or purity culture created such a in it's in an attempt to try to keep kids from having sex, they've sexualized everything, right? And so because or at least repressed sexual desires and sexual urges. Which all
0: you think about is how you have to repress
1: it, right? And so without having a full bigger picture of what's going on, right? Because, I mean, again, they're not going to openly talk about, um, I mean, really openly talk about sexual desires and sexual urges, right? right. So then you feel like you've got to repress even those things, mm-hmm. which now you're just trying to repress something that's naturally wired into your being. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that, right? So, But no, I, I do think especially if it's if if the thought the mindset especially with girls was always told dress modestly dress modestly you'll call them to st- dress modestly then they have to feel like every single time a guy looks at them they're objectifying them right and for and, and 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 there's almost like no sense of yeah we can just be friends and hang out
0: was there a sense of dudes who wouldn't want to date girls unless they were wearing the ring or had been to the balls
1: well if you had if you were wearing the ring, you weren't going to date anyway, more than likely. Um, or court or court. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. That question I'm not sure about. I just wasn't okay. in it. I went in the culture enough to okay. know. Um, and so Cause
0: the I, dudes could be looking at girls outside and being like, they ain't got rings on.
1: that's going to be awkward for me to talk about. To, yeah. To talk to them. Right. I don't want to <laughs> No. I, I, yeah, it's fair. Yeah. It's yeah. fair. I, I don't know because I was just not, you know, in my late teenage years after coming to know Christ and then, you know, being in college, all that kind of stuff, I wasn't in a church setting like that. All I'm so saying I is it was
0: completely, it was creating undateable people <laughs> that that weren't going to get married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so well, your goal of getting people married as virgins yeah, was or, not or, happening. Right. Or,
1: or it It left them undateable. Let's say maybe in high school, Mm -hmm. but then if they go off somewhere, it whether they're undateable there or they it kind of goes the uh, the uh, the the flip side of that, right? So if I've never explored anything sexually, maybe I'm going to explore everything sexually, right? And so that's
0: what I know from this. Yeah, is that people grew up in this and then had sex one time and then now they're completely the other direction
1: yeah and because what i mean it is especially when you discover that sex is actually pleasurable right then it's like well wait a minute i forgot about that
0: part of this too
1: yeah (laughs) like well then wait a minute right if sex is actually pleasurable and i was told it's bad wrong evil those two things don't compute right So you, I mean, so you've got to be honest with teenagers that sex is actually enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I know that may feel like you're kind of fanning the flame a little bit within them, but you've got to be honest about that. Right. It's true. It's just true. (laughs) Right. And and it helps them see, uh, again, a bigger picture of sex, that sex isn't just for procreation. Sex isn't just to have kids, right? That's not... And it's not just doing the wifely duty once a month or something, right? It's sex is supposed to, it is supposed to be part of the marriage, and 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 it's normal rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, there's we understand there's exceptions when there's health issues or things like that. We we understand that, but sex is supposed to be a, 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 a an enjoyable part of marriage, and so uh, it 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 really does sadden me when that's not the case because couples have experienced a purity culture that is just unfortunately calls them to just view sex in a wrong way.
0: Okay. Another thing I knew about from a lot of Christians was that Uh the second they had sex, when they felt like they weren't supposed to, they were like, we got to get married now. Okay. And then got married and didn't think about anything else about the person other than we had sex one time. Right. Right. And that's a big problem. Have you seen that problem?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and whether it's they had sex one time or whether she got pregnant. Right. And now they feel forced into it. Um and I, I think that that absolutely is there. Um mm-hmm. and I and this is this is gonna sound crazy to some people. Mm-hmm. But to some people, because some people who, will say Christians or yeah, non Christians, s- Christians, okay. Because some Christians will say, "Oh, if you have sex, or especially if you have sex and then she gets pregnant, you better marry her." Hmm. And I would, and, or if you're a girl, you better marry him. You know, even if you're a girl and you're like, "Yeah, I'm pregnant," but that he's a jerk, right? Right. Or already I did something actually stupid. Why I, pile another right, stupid actually, thing on top? Right. Of I actually don't really like him. Yeah. You know in the sense of wanting to spend the rest of my life with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and, and I, there are some in that, in that Christian circle that would say, no, you're pregnant, you're going to get married. Mm-hmm. You've got to marry the person. And I just don't think that's healthy. I just don't think that's always the answer. Now, sometimes it can be. Sometimes it can be, yeah, we had sex, or yes, she's pregnant, but we really do want to spend the rest of our lives together. We really do love each other. We want to get married. Okay, great. But then there's other circumstances, situations, and you just know this is not, this is not going to work out well. You know, you can just see the writing on the wall, and go, this is going to be a train wreck. Um, and so, uh, you know, and again, this is obviously it's up to the individuals. Mm-hmm. I just would never want them to feel pressured to have to get married just because they had sex, or just because even they got pregnant. Now, I would hope that if they choose not to, that the the husband would still want to be involved in that child's life and take responsibility, right?
0: The, the dude, not the husband. Yeah, the dude. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Sorry, would would take responsibility yeah. in some form or fashion, even if it's just financially, mm. right? But I, I and I think a lot of that is depending on circumstances. Mm. You know, not not every individual needs to be involved in that kid's life, right? Whether they're whether it's struggling with drugs or struggling with other addictions or Anger issues or whatever it may be so I'm mean, all of this is very nuanced but this is why I'm also saying I never would want a, a young woman to feel like she's got to get married now just because she got pregnant from this individual um, and you know because that's just it can lead to horrible endings
0: what percentage of like if i'm if I'm trying to get get married okay what percentage of care should i give to sex like how much should i care about that how much weight should that have on who i decide to marry
1: you're you're obviously going to be attracted to that person okay right and that's by nature that's god's design mm-hmm. we're attracted to this person and so so obviously attraction has something to do with it like i don't want to marry someone i'm not attracted to um and so uh, uh, attraction is part of it. And so because attraction is part of it, sex is inevitably going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. But do I think that, again, when you're asking how much weight do I put on, are you asking how much weight I'm putting on the act of sex within the context of marriage or how much? Would you,
0: wh- wh- okay, so would you tell... Whoever's getting married, have you guys talked about sex yet, or is that not good? Like, should oh, there be okay. discussions of see. of sex before marriage? Bef- no. <laughs> if there should should there be discussions about sex between two people who are going to get married if they haven't had sex before?
1: Yes, but I mean, like, so uh, this is the way my wife and I do premarital counseling. Okay. Okay. So at the very end of our counseling sessions, when, when, you know, you're, um, a couple of weeks out, let's say from Mm -hmm. getting married or a few weeks out from getting married. Yeah. We want like my wife and I each talk to like, I'll talk to the guy, she talks to the woman. And so we're talking about, you know, their sexual experience and not that says we don't, we don't want details or those kind of things, but just, Mm -hmm. all right, let's say in your situation, they've never had sex. Mm -hmm. And so. We wanna make sure that we kind of walk through, you know, our view of what sex is and answer any questions about sex, whether that is what positions are okay, how often, how do I you know, like whatever. We're like we're wide open in talking about those things.
0: So you think it's okay for the two people to have discussions like that
1: toward the very end of their engagement, right before the wedding. Because I do think here's why. I do think there needs to be some discussion of wedding night and especially expectations from two people who have not had sex oh okay and so i'm not saying it has to go into great detail right right but i'm just saying that there needs to be some i think discussion and expectation
0: this is foreign to me
1: (laughs) i don't understand that (laughs) yeah oh well
0: what if you get all the way to the end of engagement uh-huh. and their idea of what's supposed to happen at sex uh-huh. or with sex is so wildly different from yours. Okay. What do you do? What do you just you mean- to attack it from the far <laughs>
1: <out>. <laughs> So what do you give me an example? What do you mean? Oh god. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot.
0: <laughs> what, uh, okay. So what if they what if they just have never ever thought about it okay and have zero expectations okay y- you find out it's not even a big deal to them fine like what if you ask them how often do you think we should have it in a time period and mm-hmm. their time period their amount of times in that time period is way more or less than uh-huh. what you had in your head right it- how much how much should any of this conversation that's happening right before you're getting married apparently uh-huh have on whether you decide to actually get married or not?
1: Oh, I see. No, I don't think any bearing.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, because here's why. Sex things can be discussed and worked out. Okay. Right? Like so for example, if you're if 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 one of the individuals is coming in and they're saying, "Hey, I have an expectation that we're going to have sex twice a day." right, because now we're married. Right. Okay.
0: That's too much.
1: Yeah, and then you've got someone else.
0: No one should be doing that.
1: <laughs> I've heard it. I've just, I've heard <laughs> it. And then you've got someone else, and let's say they're marrying someone, and, and, and the other one is going, I don't know, once a week, right? Right. So you've got, obviously, the expectations are not aligned. Yeah. But those things can be worked out. Uh, really? Yeah, really. Okay. Yeah, those things can be worked out. And so, you know, you can that's that's we've seen this, we've done this. Like those things can be worked out. And like so easily? Not, I mean, it may ha- it requires a conversation, but usually not more than one. Sometimes two conversations. Okay. And a, a lot of it's just expect setting the expectations of so you got let's say the male because the male's usually the one who wants to have sex twice a day, the female's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, once a week's fine." I'm just going to I'm just I'm again, I'm mm-hmm. making generalities, but Let's use that as an example. Okay. But this
0: is people who have never done it before. Right. we're talking about. Right.
1: And so you you allow them to get, and so you say, well, you know what? Hey, I think probably a more realistic expectation is when when y'all get married, it may be two, three times a week to start off with, right? That may, and I, all we're saying is that may happen. You allow them to get into the marriage and then they're free to call us if they have issues with it. Okay. And it happens. It happens. What type of issues? Can you name one? Yeah, I mean, like, we've we've counseled several couples that have dealt with the same kind of situation of, like, one of them wanting sex more often than the other. Okay. And you help them find that place of where both parties actually are satisfied in that.
0: What if it's, like, the people want to do weird stuff and the other person doesn't want to do weird stuff?
1: You that yeah, then you don't do weird stuff.
0: Okay, well then how
1: I mean, okay. Let me how put, much
0: okay, so and let me put it this so way say I'm coming into a into a marriage and I wanna do weird stuff. Okay. I've been engaged for a year now, dated a year before then, and according to you, we're supposed to have this conversation right before our wedding night, and I'm like, Hey, I
1: <laughs> Yeah
0: wanna do this really weird thing. Right. And to me it really matters. What do I do?
1: I would, I would, I guess I would, okay, if I'm talking to you about this, (laughs) I would say, does it matter more than she does to you? I mean, the... And so, yeah, I I mean, that's the, that's the question, right? Right. Does this act of sex matter more to you than the person you're about to marry?
0: The outside looking in would say yes.
1: And then I, 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 I... if that was the case, then I would say y'all don't need to get married. Okay. Right. I mean, because if 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 it, if one individual is saying an act of sex is more important, yeah, than 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 the person that he's or that he's about to marry, nah, that's that tells me way more about that person.
0: Okay. So you think that. All sexual differences, mm-hmm. not biologically, but right. in the way that the two people think uh-huh. about what's going to be sex in their relationship, uh-huh. all of everything about that can be worked out later.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Beca- here's here's what I'm basing this on. Okay. okay. Here's what I'm basing this on. Two things. Because um, uh, it's not just about the other one person always denying themselves. Okay, so follow me on this. Okay, you mean like, so it's not
0: like, all right, fine, I won't. Right. Okay.
1: So here's the thing. I think it goes both ways for the couples. Okay. So again, I'm going to create the the gender stereotypes and say it's the male that wants to Mm -hmm. do the more crazy stuff, right? Versus the female. So I think there's a reality that for the for the male that he he needs to. I would put it on the mail to never do anything that makes his wife feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in bed. If, I mean, obviously if it's, you know, against scripture or if it's, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Not part of it, but we're talking about things that are fully permissible in, in, in the context of marriage and she doesn't feel comfortable. Then You don't push that issue, okay? Mm -hmm. On the other side, the 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 female, and again, we're creating these gender stereotypes, but the female may say, "Okay, maybe I don't feel comfortable in this. Is it that big? Like, is it that big of a deal that I don't feel uncomfortable? Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or can I be a servant lover to my husband?" And so I think I think there can. You know, that's what I'm saying. It can kind of go both ways a little bit. Okay. But again, I would never want the woman to feel like she's ever being pressured into something. Okay. It's one thing if she makes the choice in and of herself to say, you know, okay, I'm willing to try this. I may I might not love the idea, I might feel like, but I'm willing to try it, but I don't feel forced or per, or pressured mm-hmm. or coerced. But I'm willing to do it because I love my husband. Mm. And they'll say they have that experience, and she's like, doesn't really do it for me. I'm not interested, you know. Okay. All I'm thinking about is if you had that
0: conversation earlier, Uh if it mattered to you a lot, you could just be like, like, like that could turn you off sooner. But you you still think that those, all of those issues can be resolved.
1: I do. Okay. Because especially, especially if, both parties really do, if they say they love the other one mm-hmm. and they truly want to love the other one and serve the other one and honor and respect the other one, then I, I do think those things can be worked out.
0: You're saying that sex is looked looked at through the, la- the lens of the relationship that has been built already.
1: Correct. And I think that may be a different perspective.
0: Than a lot of people. Than a lot of people. And me, sometimes.
1: Yeah. Where it's sex and then relationship. And I'm saying it's relationship and then sex.
0: Okay, so my last question, I guess, is Uh what... Say I I have thought about sex and relationships from a purity culture perspective my whole life. Okay. How do I shift away from that and think about it the correct way?
1: Okay. So, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of people who grew up in that pretty culture mm-hmm. and are asking that very question that you're asking right there. Um, and they for some people it's even to the point of like trauma. Yeah. And so I think that for different individuals, they're going to need to approach it in different ways for the people where it's like trauma. I would say you need to go talk to a counselor and help get help walking through that mm-hmm. to get to a healthy space find a Christian counselor that can help walk you through that to get to a healthy space. Um, If you've grown up in that culture and you're just looking to have that mind shift, then I I do think you can find um, a body of believers or a pastor where it's safe to have have those discussions. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like in a lot of the churches where purity culture is being taught, It's not safe to have these kind of conversations, not just conversations against purity culture, but just conversations about sex in general. Mm -hmm. Like, there's there's no safe space for that. And it's like everybody's awkward and weird with it. Right. And so I would I would encourage you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So I'd encourage you to find a a body of believers where it is safe to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're if you're listening and you're like, where is that? Um, feel free to drop, drop, you know, send us a message and, and Hey, I live in this area. and Can you recommend me a church? Um, I'd be glad to do that. Um, and so I will say that if you're, if you're listening to this and you've either left the church or even left the faith, left the Lord over this, or again, maybe you're just carrying those wounds in your heart from it. Um, and you're still attending church. You're still, following God, um, but there's still that that hurt there. There's still you feel like you're trapped sometimes because of it. I would first of all just say that God god sees you. God knows you and He knows your hurt. He knows the trauma. And and obviously He's not the cause of it, even though people that would claim to follow him and that are following Him a lot of times have been the reason for that hurt. Um, and so That you can find a body of believers, again, where it's safe to discuss these things. I really believe that there's enough pockets of these. There's enough pockets of believers nowadays. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have said this probably even five years ago. But nowadays, there's been such a pushback against the hurt and the trauma of purity culture that I believe there's enough of these bodies of believers that are gathered now that are willing to have these conversations. And help people become, help people in their process of being healed, put it that way. Um, And then if you've crossed sexual lines or even lost your virginity and you feel unworthy or unashamed, then know that there's actually forgiveness, that there's actually redemption, and that the story is not over and that God still. Wants to bring life into you and healing there. And 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 man, for the person that like feels like as soon as they lost their virginity, it was over for them in regards to having a life with God or having a life in the church, mm-hmm. man, I my heart breaks for you. And I would say I would say that the Lord really does love you. There's really grace, there's really mercy. He never kicked you out. He never pushed you away. Um, even if you felt like that was what he was going to do. And so that you can actually come back to God. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to live apart from him or his people. And But again, I think a large key to this is not only coming back to God, but coming back to those people, to a body of Christ, to a community where you feel safe. Um, and, to know that there's actually a way to be healthy in sexuality and healthy just regardless of our past, healthy emotionally, healthy mentally. I've seen a lot of individuals that were victims of purity culture begin to deconstruct their faith because they feel so unhealthy. Mm. And and I would, I would kind of call you back and say, you don't have to tear it all down just because of the hurt of purity culture. Um, that there, an intimate relationship with Jesus is still on the table. It's still there. It's still available. He longs for it more than you could ever imagine or dream. And that you can be fully known without shame, right? Like I think that's the biggest, one of the biggest components of all of this. I can be fully known without shame. And, and, I, and I will say this, there's other individuals who've gone in a completely different direction. Again, they discovered sex. They were told don't do it. And they were, they were told to, you know, they, they began to experience sex and freedom of sexuality and now they're conflicted over, well, what, what do I do about this? Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. Like you kind of find that body of believers you can talk to about this. Um, and don't just find, don't just find, um, social media echo chambers with hurt because all that that usually doesn't help resolve the hurt, even though it may feel Mm -hmm. better to get it out. But you you can, I mean, you can have that, but then you can also take that next step of, well, what does it look like for me to actually get healed Um, and not just vent? And so um, I guess those would be the kind of the things that, so the most practical thing I can say is just know that their shame doesn't have to be the cloud over you and that you don't have to hide the fact that you, had sex before marriage, and that you can be part of a body of Christ where you're accepted and you're loved, and people can walk you through this. And that not every and I'll say this too: not every church has a purity culture.
0: Well, this has been the one I heard this podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast and tw- X, previously known as Twitter, and locals at When I Heard This. Like, subscribe. Share, download, comment, and uh, tell your friends about the show because they listen to things too and watch. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinson, and you can follow Joseph on Instagram at RevJot. This has been the one that heard this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.